following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. Hey everybody, Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. Welcome to another edition of Bears All Access. Good evening. Hope everybody's doing great out there. You and I haven't been face-to-face on the show for several weeks. You know, obsessed with, obsessed? Yeah. The, the term of the year for the Chicago Bears from Coach Nagy. Uh, obsessed with OTAs and minicamps. And uh, now it's the downtime a little bit. So good to see you big time. And Jim, when are you making your way back to town? That's what I want to know. I will be back probably in a few weeks. I'll be back, and I will be out at training camp uh, down there in in Bourbon A, lovely Bourbon A. Hope to show up there uh, towards uh, the end of July, probably the 26th through the 28th. No, the Bears uh, start early, but, uh, you know, what can you say? Football's finally here. I can't wait for it. He's the only, Jim rolls with a private pilot. He doesn't, oh, roll, yes, he does. he doesn't roll with a limo driver or <laughs> maybe drive his own self here for God knows four and a half hours. Jim no, has he, a private pilot, yep. lands as close to the practice fields around the NFL landscape as he can. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but but I've had, you know, adult cocktails with that pilot, you know, when he's come in. So <laughs> well, what that means. probably I'm the only one stupid enough to trust him as a buddy of mine to fly with him. But, but he's I a great guy. always appreciate his help. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's a great guy. But, you know, I believe this, and as I've been pouring over the, the stuff, oh, you know, you're going to be looking at all these players now, just not just the – 53, you think you're going to make this roster, but the 90 guys learning little nuggets about everybody over the course of the next five weeks or so, so you can hit the ground running. But, you know, a year ago, I always said, I, I honestly thought it was something along the lines, you, you just don't know what to expect. This year, you could say that, but I'm going to add, you miss a little, you can miss a lot, because this is going to change rapidly. From one day to the next, I believe this team will grow. You guys agree? Well, you know, the thing about it, no matter what we all want to sit here and think in the nice rosy picture we painted, there was a divide at the beginning of camp. When you have Mike Glennon and you draft Mitchell Trubisky, there's no secret, no denying that. So that really created a little bit of angst at the beginning of camp because – the reality of it is is you want to turn this thing around and start winning football games, divisions, playoff games, right? So you didn't know who really gave you the best opportunity even at the conclusion of camp. I think right now at the end of OTAs, the end of minicamp going into camp, you know exactly what you got at that position, and I think it's really important. Yeah, and we always talk about you know the, here the limited practice time and how you're breaking up reps because – yeah, a lot was ded- dedicated to reps to you know Mike Glennon, but here you're still trying to bring along a young quarterback that you know at some point in time he's your franchise, your face of the franchise, and going to be your quarterback of the future, and they want to give him work as well. That's not the case this year. And so I think like what you're talking about, Jeff, the growth, it's great for, for Mitchell Trubisky that he basically has gotten every rep with the ones learning a new system, learning the nuances, and has his feet wet already from playing uh, in year one. So I do expect rapid growth uh, from his standpoint as well. And that growth has to come for this team to make the next step. And it will take some time. There's no question. A new offense and a completely new designed offense with all the coaches, all the players learning at the same time, which I do think is a bonus as well. Uh, We're going to remind me to, to bring up Kyle Shanahan at a news conference, I guess, this week talking about how teams are going to defend the read option now. 
have they figured it out? And he had a great answer. So I want to talk about it a little bit later as it pertains to Mitchell Trubisky because I think he checks all the boxes of how to operate that offense because it's not just about read option. It's what you do off of the read option if they stop it and what you're able to do beyond that to open up the entire field. And I thought he had a great answer to that. We're going to be talking to Prince of Mukamara coming up as well in our next segment, the veteran cornerback. Uh, is a big piece to that defensive puzzle. And we oftentimes lose sight of the defense because we're only focused on this offensive head coach, a great staff he's put together, the development of Mitchell Trubisky and all these new pieces. But I was just downstairs at WBBM and, you know, Keith Johnson says, hey, how aggressive, how how developed is this defense going to be? And and that's a question I haven't gotten but very you know, much asked about. Okay, on the other side of Prince of Mukamara, we need to talk about the whole division because there's so many coaching changes within the division. Not only are you going to have a hard time predicting about what the Bears are actually going to be offensively, you're going to know a little bit about them defensively. Each team has had so much transition within the division on their coaching staff. There's going to be a lot of changes all over the map, and I think that's going to be the most interesting with our division is what is Detroit going to be all about? Is Matthew Stafford going to come back when Matt Patricia, is he an offensive-minded coach, even though they got Jim Cooter? It's still an, you know, he's still the head coach. And so all the other, you know, offense and defenses isn't within this division. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point because Detroit, I think they made a conscious effort that, that they need to, to run the football better. I think we see that with on Johnson, who they drafted. They signed LeGarrette Blunt. They addressed their offensive line. They feel that's better. How about Mike Burton is now a bear as a fullback. Detroit couldn't even offer that personnel grouping a year ago. They didn't even have a fullback on the roster. And so they drafted a guy in the seventh round. He already tore his ACL. Nick Bauden, I think is his name, Bauden, and he tore his ACL. So they moved Nick Belore, the, the linebacker, yeah. over to fullback oh. uh, for Detroit. So they are. They're going to have different personnel groupings that they're going to present. And as, as Tom just alluded to, think of Matt Patricia. I'm, I'm here in Motown. They're talking hybrid defense all over the place. They're going to run 4-3, four, 3-4. Three, three, four, so they're going to be different in how you attack them offensively. Green Bay, you bring up a great point there is Mike Penton. He's going to be a, a more of a press pressure guy, press man uh, in terms of their cover. That's why they drafted Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson out of Iowa. They feel that those guys can man up. They'll be on an island outside. Bring back Joe Philbin. He'll help uh, uh, McCarthy with the game plans, how they used to do it to prepare Aaron Rodgers. And then Minnesota has John Filippo stepping as their new OC. He's a first-time play caller. Sounds great that they got Kirk Cousins for $84 million, but going to take time for that offense to get up and running while they get suited with each other. I do like that coach, though. I do like Coach Filippo, Outstanding offensive mind. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Prince of Mukamara, the Bears veteran cornerback, will join us. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Ready to go with Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller, and joined now by Bears veteran cornerback Prince Amukamara. Good evening, my friend. How are things? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing great, doing great. Hey, I know you got a camp coming up. Uh, this summer in Glendale. A lot of guys are doing this, obviously, around football. Mitchell Trubisky just had his in Mentor. And we'll get into that as we talk in the conversation. But before we do, Prince, just want to get your feel about wanting to come back to Chicago. You you took a chance on yourself a year ago in a one-year. Did a great Two job. Two years ago, back-to-back years. That's what I'm saying. 
Why? <laughs> Why come to Chicago, my friend? Why? Why? Even with the coaching change? Yeah, um, I think there's there's many there's many different factors. I, I feel like I've been asked this question so many times, and, and I feel like my my answer has changed every different time. <laughs> but um, but I, I would I would say the main points, and I'll make quick bullet points are um, wanting to win an, uh, another championship in in my career, and um, flourishing in in this defense. And um, and just the coaches. So I'll start with number one, like wanting to win the championship. In my career, I feel like the championship starts with the quarterback. Like if you look at all the Super Bowl championship teams, like they have a great quarterback, and and I feel like we have that in 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 the Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, Mitchell Mitchell knows this, and and we all know um, that have been around the game and played and played is that like he still has to go out there and prove it. But just what he shows, how he just the leadership and maturity. He demonstrates, like, even when he was backing up Glennon, like, this guy was, like, an hour after practice throwing. And then I seen, I just seen Pace, like, gazing at him, like, man. And, I'm, and I was gazing at him, too, like, man, this is crazy. This guy, like, just out of college, like, staying after an, an hour after, after practice, just still throwing balls, still making great passes. And you would think that that's common, but that's not common. Like, some guys think they've already came here, they've made it, and, and he was still – Working, so I saw that from early on, and then now his second year, just how he approaches practice and how he takes charge of the huddle and how he takes charge of the offense. I love that. So just to trust in Mitchell Trubisky, and then flourishing in this defense, I feel like um, Vic Fangio is a mastermind. I can't, I can't, um, I can't rave about him so much. Like he's, he's, he's just a simple mastermind with how he calls the defense. I feel like he always puts us in great, in great positions. Uh, to make plays, and that's and that's not, um, and you don't see that a lot in, in in a lot of defense. You see a lot of great players making plays, but you don't see like the actual defensive coordinator calling great plays for the for the defense to make plays. So, and I feel like that's helped my career a lot. And then just with the coaches, um, um, Coach Donatel, I mean, it's been amazing for my career and and younger guys' career. Just his passion and how he cares. For, for the players and and us as people and just wanting us to be better men and then when I met Nagy, I mean it was it was it was easy like uh, as a player you kind of always want look for a player's coach. How, however, there are other coaches that um that can fit uh, that can fit teams also that players like and those other coaches. I mean I love Coughlin, but I don't know if everyone anyone would describe him as a player coach. And this is no shot at Coughlin. This is just his coaching style. But I feel like Nagy complements both. And um, and I really like that a lot. Hey, Prince, last year at the beginning of the season, there were so many question marks in the defensive backfield. And now a lot of those questions have been answered with yourself and Kyle Fuller, Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson, and the rest of their crew back there, uh, Callahan, that's been helping. Is Can you can there be more versa, versatility in the defensive backfield when you guys are in the same system, you've been around each other, and you know the opponent's uh, quarterbacks in, in this division, aside from Cousins? Yes, I think that con- that continuity helps a lot. I mean, if you look at all the great defenses from like Seattle, uh, I mean Denver, uh, San Francisco when when Vic when Vic was there, like they all had a consistent core group of guys. Whether it's Patrick Willis and 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 the safeties, or Seattle with Earl Thomas, Cam and um, and Richard, and in Denver with. Um, 
Chris Harris, Akeem, and and their safeties. Like you always have a consistent group of guys. And um, and before I got here, the defense was already uh, trending trending upward. And and I'm just here to to complement that and help that. And now we can actually start to learn to be inside each other's bodies. So there might be a route where um, Eddie Eddie might see and he might avoid he might. Uh, go away from his coverage to to go make a play and um and and actually take my responsibility and just stuff like that. You start to work in sync and kind of cover each other. And when a defense starts to do that, it it, it gets scary. Hey Prince Jim Miller here. Good to talk to you, my friend. And you mentioned that Super Bowl year as a Giant. Super Bowl forty six. Uh, you win it, and Eli, as you mentioned, the leadership that Mitchell is is displaying. Eli Manning at that point had already won. A world championship, and that was Super Bowl Forty Two, and that was his third year in the league. Uh, believe it or not, for for wow. Eli, the reason the reason why I'm asking this question: how, how did you get a feel for those teams? I know Tom's talked about it before. I've talked about it before. Of teams I've been on, coming out of like you know during the OTAs and when you're practicing out there during spring ball, and you say, "Hey, th- this team's got a chance. We got a good bunch of hardworking guys that love to play football, and just how a team gels." Do you get that sense? about this year, year's Bears team because it just seems like everybody works well together and everybody's busting their fanny to turn this around. Yeah, so so my, my first year with the Giants, I didn't really get, because of my my uh, injury, I didn't really get reunited with them until like week 10. So I, so I missed a lot of like uh, chemistry and, and, uh, and team building that was being done there. And I think our year was kind of um, different than most because we were we were just trying to fight to get in but we knew once we got in like it was gonna be scary because I, I feel like teams just catch on a streak and, and you can tell what uh what teams what teams those are um during during the season they just start to they just start to approach the game differently and um and when you start watching film you start to see wow like this 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 team is going to be uh, a problem, and I and I feel like that was the type of um, that was the type of character that that we displayed uh, that year we won the Super Bowl. Prince Amukamara, our guest here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Prince, uh, July fourteenth, a free camp for ages eight to seventeen out in uh, Glendale, Arizona, at Apollo High School. Uh, you can register at othersfoundation.org. I know it'll be uh, well attended. Have you done this before? And what is the others foundation all about yeah so this is this is my second year um doing doing this camp and and i've I've never been to a uh a a kids camp when i when i was young and also um and also i've never got to like meet and 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 touch and, and get taught by uh current or or former nfl players so the fact the fact that the fact that i can uh bring this uh, environment and bring this atmosphere for the kids in, in the in the the city and town that that I grew up in. I'm I'm extremely excited about that. And um, others foundation, others foundation is a foundation that me and me, and my wife and and a friend of mine started. Uh, like I mean, I'm I'm young, just turned 29, but um, like the last decade of my life, like I really feel like. Uh, life should really be about others. I feel like, especially as an athlete, a college athlete, and now professional athlete, I feel like um, I've been taking, <laughs> I've been taking a lot, a lot of stuff 
um, has been offered to me. And um, I really just want to be, I really just want to give back and, and just give to others. And, um, and even, even after just being a father, even being married, just realizing like, Hey, like life, life is not about you anymore and stuff like that. So I kind of want to sp- spread and share that message. Well, congratulations. It's an awesome opportunity for the kids out there and where all the players are, wherever their hometowns and doing the camps. I, I think it's a great thing. Hey, Prince, real quick before we go is I, I saw you get a couple interceptions this off season and that that's what the Bears fans want to see. But give us a snapshot of the Bears offense from day one to the last day of training camp. Did it pick up speed? Did it pick up momentum? Is Trey Burton going to be the weapon that I thought I saw him being out there? Or what's going to happen with this offense? It's kind of hard to evaluate the offense as a whole without an Allen Robinson because I mean because I play I, I was with him two years ago and and he brings such a a, a different dynamic a different feel to the offense but um, but evaluating the offense now I feel like they're very very creative they're they're um, they're, they're explosive uh, I don't know who's calling the plays Nagy or, or Coach Helfrich but. The plays, like, they definitely keep you on, on your toes. And it's great for us as a defense to get those different looks with the teams that we have on our on our schedule. So um, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of uh, – because as a DB, um, especially during through – going through practice, you kind of see, like, a repeat of plays. But with, but with uh, Coach Nagy and Helfrich and, and their offense, it's kind of hard to um, – to trying to narrow those plays down, you you might get one formation, you and, and you might get a, a play out of that look, and then the next play you get the same formation, but um, and same motion but complete different look. So that's what's a little challenging for for the for the, for the defense for that offense. But um, it, the, I, the, they're they're very very hyped as an offense. The last day there was there's some trash talking going <laughs> on, and um, and we're just excited to put pads on in in a month and and go at it. Well, just for the the love of football, and I, I thank you for holding that camp because here in my area, my my boys are in, playing flag football now in the, the local high school where they'll be going. Just won the state championship, and football numbers have never been as great as what they are right now. And I'd like to know how how are your numbers in terms of attendance out there in Glendale, Arizona, because the game's never been safer with all the the rules changes, and obviously to preserve and protect the the game that I'm sure you love, uh, Prince, and the game I love uh, for all my life. I'm a lifer in football, so I'd like to. Hear your, how's your attendance out there? Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I, as soon as I posted out the the flyer, I mean, it was it was probably it was it was filled up within the within four four to five hours, and 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 that's kind of the 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 speed it, it filled up last year, and that's when I knew like, wow, like these these kids, they're they're um they're craving something like this, like they're they're excited for something like this, and this is something that that they're looking that they're looking forward to. So again, I'm just really um, uh, privileged that, that I can bring that experience to them. Prince Amukamar, kind enough to join us tonight. Prince, we're going to let you go. Appreciate it. Enjoy your next five weeks. And then it, it should be a lot of fun in Bourbon A. Good to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks, it's great to have you guys. Good talk to you, Prince. Bears cornerback Prince Amukamar. We'll talk about some of his comments tonight about uh, a lot of things about the Bears offense and such. As we take a break first here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you on Bears All Access here from Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Eli Hershkovitz. Did I get that right, Eli? Yes. Eli used to work with me over at BBM. He knows what I'm Should all know about. by now. Yes, he right, knows. So but anyway, he's, he's handling the board today. So let me just say this real quick about Prince. Jim, hmm. there's, a, there's the rare athlete, especially in the NFL nowadays, he gives his honest appraisal of things. He, he's been that way since we met him here two years ago, and he'll give you opinion about what is and what's going on or how he feels about well, somebody without being – negative or, or trying to be demeaning, but he, I love his honesty. What we've got to know about Prince of Mukamara is, is very respectful. I mean, both in the way he answers your question, the way he treats everybody I've ever seen him around. Yeah, we've the, done the, events the, with him. People the, love him. Right, but the thing about it is before Prince got here, there was always suspicion because he has some injuries in his past. So we think of him as a football player first, and then we get to meet him as a person second. And so everything that we have gotten to see out of Prince he, he is a quality character guy, and I think he means a lot to some of these young teammates that need his influence. Well, I mean, he's respectful. He is from royalty. I mean, there's a reason why he's named Prince, but I, I agree with what uh, definitely what uh, uh, what Jeff talked about is just his, his honesty. You know, and I just don't think, you know, when you get that many players saying stuff about Mitchell Trubisky, his leadership, I think is genuine. You know, I, I just don't think you can fake that or um, – really poo-poo it uh, of what this young man has done in terms of work. And he knows it's in there. I think everybody knows it's about the young quarterback and the jumps that he makes uh, for the Chicago Bears. And so consistently, whether it's from Prince, the other teammates, uh, how Mitchell's been uh, attacking uh, this offseason, that's good to hear because it sounds like he's won over his teammates and and they truly do believe in him. So we'll we'll see where it goes. I think Mitchell said it the other day at his camp, uh, or on a show, I think he was on one of these shows, uh, these morning shows in, in, on NFL Network or, or somewhere. He, he said, I can begin from day one and be the leader I want to be. That's also critical in this case. Forget about the performance and all that for just a minute. We believe he's going to be an outstanding quarterback, but he can feel comfortable well- being that guy. Is that important? Yes, it is important because last year, no matter how much he wanted to show his leadership and where he was drafted and the position he played, he didn't have that luxury because of, of Mike Glennon. And you kind of got to respect where you go into a locker room. If he was the guy that was drafted and brought here to be a starter and Mike Glennon wasn't waiting in the wings, he would have carried more clout, but he had to respect Mike Glennon. Yeah. They, you know, like you said, now everybody's turning to him. They're looking to, to to Mitchell for answers, and when he first arrived last year, that just that just wasn't the case. You know, he's just he's a raw player. There's a lot to learn. The NFL game, and and that's all changed. Like I said, since since the moment that season ended, and and Mike Lennon uh, was shipped out and now signed with the the Arizona Cardinals, Mitchell knows. Hey, the, I'm the guy now. I need to. You know, this is my responsibility with the keys to the car, and I think he's he's generally taken serious. It's important to him. He wants to prove it to his teammates, and I think he's shown that again because. When everybody's saying the same thing, it's one thing to do the regurgitated. Oh, he's the first guy in, last guy to leave. <laughs> That's one thing. It's not. It hasn't been that way. You can just tell there's a genuine excitement about the leadership he's displaying. But he knows he's the guy, and he's got to get it done. And I think he he, he thrives in that role. It's hey, almost like he embraces it. Jim, you're, you don't have the luxury of being here, but I've known Tom a, a very long time now, and he gets this grin on his face, and he's been grinning. So he's got something for me. Well, I no, don't know Jim what was it is. Jim was last to leave because they had free beer in the equipment room. That's why he was last to leave. But no, that would no. be the video. Right, right. <laughs>
<laughs> so I grab a couple of pops and go down and watch some tape. Absolutely. What What is it that you wanted? That you were up? No, I was grinning because you got that devilish look. No, I was just I wanted you to rehash because you said you brought up a question to Jim and I before and we didn't answer it like he wanted to answer it on the defense. Oh no, I just what do you guys feel the next step is for this defense? Uh, is it going to be? As aggressive as well, the reputation of Vic Fangio has be been. Hey, if they're top 10 last year, I, I realistically think is, is top five hard to reach. Granted, they got to stay healthy and the ball has to bounce their way and things like that. And I think they'll have to carry the offense early till the offense gets fired up and, and scoring points and gels together and all those things. But yeah, I've got high hopes for this defense. If they're top 10 a year ago with all the injuries, I'm thinking sky's the limit. Why can't they be top five? I think they have the ability to do it. I really do. I, so. you know, again, just to continue to repeat myself because it's just something I've been paying attention to off season, and, and just like last year when we were so concerned about the defensive backs, and they came and they proved everything to us with Coach Donatel and Vic and the whole crew there and Kyle Fuller. Again, it, it is about these guys in the nineties, and I keep yeah. saying it's Jonathan Bullard, it's Eddie Goldman, it's Aaron Lynch, it's Roy Robertson Harris, because those guys and and Leonard Floyd, they have a connection to the success and failure of this defense. So you know, you got Akeem, another ninety. I, I know Akeem. Yeah. No, I know yeah. Akeem. I'm not worried about him. Akeem is a guy that I, I, you know, I'm glad is there, and I'm glad that Sam Macho is there too. That's why I don't include him. But there's these other group of young guys, and they're still kids on this football team. Is they have to come here, and in the short time they've been around the NFL, they have to have a career year this year for the Bears defense to perform. Fueling that, how great will it be if an offense comes together? And, and I don't know when it will, what quarter of the season it will, but. To have an offense that can get you the lead, so you can play defense on the lead, which that defense hasn't. But you also have to compute time of possession with it. Because one thing you want to do for your defense is you want to be able to score points and keep your offense on the field. And that's why I think Coach Nagy, a couple weeks ago in his press conference, he realized that you haven't seen the importance of a guy like Jordan Howard yet because of the peripheral aspects they were trying to introduce to this offense. Now, if you do have that power guy and you can sustain that time of possession later in the game, yes, score 30 early. And that, that's another good point because I think the the Bears, with the ability, granted Kyle Long's got to come back healthy and all those things, but I think they legitimately, can can they run the football to dominate for time of possession like that? I think early in the year that's going to be relied upon as the passing game grows as the season goes along. And then by the end of the season, say week eight, week nine, I would think that passing game should be starting to get pretty confident where they feel that they can get more aggressive and, and fling the ball all around the, the, the field. So, you know, I think ground game early, and then it'll just continue to grow, and, and they'll continue to score more points. And by the end of the year, it should be humming, well, would be my take. But I think they can dominate the uh, the time of possession with the running game early with that one-two punch with Cohen and, and obviously what Jordan Howard could Last do. year when I looked at the schedule, the game that scared me most was two weeks, week two in Tampa. Now this week, the first two weeks of the game are night games. So you're not going to have that abusive heat early in the season where the conditioning jumps on your back the most within the first couple games as an offense. And so if you can have those cool games, it's going to help you contribute to keeping that offense fresh and where you want it to be in the latter part of the game. What will the threat of a zone read with Mitchell Trubisky and Tariq Cohen and the presence of a speedster like Taylor Gabriel and how a defense reacts to it, all these RPOs, how will that impact the run game? That's going to put so much pressure on the exterior of the defenses in which they face. 
because you know, you're they're going to they're going to have more area of responsibility at the immediate snap of the ball. It's not just blow a field and try to get to that point where the quarterback is. It's going to be rushing with respect, keeping my outside arm free, making sure they don't try to bait me to the inside. So these the exterior players of the defenses they're going to face, they're going to have so many responsibilities, it's going to be tougher for them. Jim, Kansas yeah. City last year finished in the top five in outside rushing yards. Is that doable? Um. Yeah, I think it's doable. See, because like what you're saying, when you're doing RPOs or the spread option and things like that, you you know you're you're for, like here we were talking about. Can you dictate to a defense? Yes, you're dictating to them. They're going to have to make a decision at the end of the day. So let's say you're isolating the defensive end with a you know a spread option run with Mitchell Trubisky and and uh, you know an inside run. Let's say an inside zone run to Jordan Howard. The defensive end has to make a decision. Or whatever, however they call it, uh, defensively, to you know whether the defensive end crashes to take the inside run, or they blow it up with the backer coming up to blow it, and now the defensive end is going to have to decide and make the decision: one, am I going after the quarterback? Am I taking that inside zone run, or potentially there could be a slant uh, coming coming behind me with the X receiver? And so I think the Bears will have the ability to dictate some things with some good athletes that can put a defense in the bind, and it, and they got to prepare for a lot more defensively with what the Bears are going to do with that stuff. You know what, too, real quickly, is within the quarterbacks within the Bears division, you're not going to get the other teams running a lot of RPO because they're going to preserve Aaron Rodgers. They're going to save yeah. Matthew Stafford, and and I don't think Kurt is really yeah. that RPO guy. Good point. Thank you. We'll continue on the <laughs> other side of this break. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Run the best 5K course in the city at the PNC Chicago Bears 5K and cross the finish line on the field at Soldier Field. The race, Saturday, June 23rd. You can register right now at chicagobears.com slash 5K. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller, your hosts tonight. 312-644-6767. If you have a question, comment, thought on the Bears, five weeks of dead time. Hey, everything's uh, hazing the barn for the NFL right now. I don't believe there's any more. Mandatory mini camps. Everything's been done. All thirty-two teams put it away as of today. Is that right? Right. But that's when the trouble starts. Right. Sometimes. That's what that's what I was going to say. But I didn't want to be the one saying it first. So you know, but that it's, you, it's officially summer vacation with an asterisk because just like Matt Nagy said, don't start stopping your workouts. Get hey, if you think yourself, this, if you if you think this is a vacation, you're going to be cut. Gonna go on you're going to be cut. It's just it's going to decide your own fate, and that's the whole weeding out process of the NFL. Is when you give these guys a little bit of leash, what do they do with it? You know, and so uh, you know the facility is still open. You can go to any one of your facilities and lift weights in some of the top weight facilities in the country. And if you think that you're going to go and you know and vacation and work out, you're going to have a tough time when it all gets going. Yeah, you got to be disciplined, and I don't know about you, Ty. I always said this was kind of the time where I cranked it up even more. It, you know, got more throws in to get ready for training. Again, we were doing two a days uh, back then, so you threw a, a lot more, but you kind of crank it up. You know, accelerate, not decelerate, is, is what I would say for some of these. Who guys. were you throwing to back in those days? Who'd you who'd you pull into your off season uh, high school field workouts? 
Yeah, I had a whole bunch of guys. We'd just go up to the, the local high school here or even my old high school, and we just, you know, mark off all the distances. You're throwing you're the route tree on both sides, both left side and right side. And so high school players uh, that, you know, because a lot of the local high schools will have their, their workouts because their training camp's just around the corner as well. So they'd go up there minimum three days a week because they'd have, uh, you know, their sprinting programs to keep up with what they're going to have to do for their two-a-days. So I'd have a ton of high school kids I'd throw to or just local friends. And I wouldn't even make them run routes. I say, hey, just stand there like an out route with your hands out like this oh, because a lot of them couldn't run with. So I'd I'd do my normal drop and know the timing of the throw when I'd have to get it there. But I'd just be working on my accuracy and velocity and arm strength and and all those type of things. If the, they couldn't simulate the speed of the receivers you're running with in the NFL. Now, Tom, you lived in the weight room. Jim did not. Uh, but no, I was a joke. I'm sure you. I'm sure you lived in a few. But you did live in the right, weight room. Right. But. Did you also take the time in the whatever a little time you had in the off season and work on footwork? Well, yeah, because we, we we had a whole process. Kind of Clyde Emmerich ran everything for the off season, the off season conditioning and the weightlifting part of it. And he's he's one of the smartest guys in the history of weightlifting. Go look up his bio if you don't believe me, Clyde Emmerich. But anyways, he would take control of the weight room. But when we would go outside, it would kind of transition to camaraderie conditioning. Everybody would have a hand in it. They could suggest the type of running they wanted to do that day. They would have a lot of it to do with foot movement, high feet off the ground, alternate movements one way or the other, coming out of your stance. So it was it was conditioning. But you know, it's, it's also a kind of a period where you transition into a really bad mood for a month straight leading up to the beginning of training camp because there's nothing fun about it. And you kind of know it as an offensive lineman, there's doubly nothing fun about it. And so that's that's the process of it. You, you get ready to go in there and be ultra competitive. Oh, Tom, how many how <laughs> many times did you ask yourself this? Because that to me I hated because you always knew no matter what that, oh, training camp's a day closer. Right. I could never get away from thinking about it. And I'd, just, I'd be sitting there on my couch watching something and I'd be like, somebody else is doing more. So yeah, I'd go outside again and start throwing more and stuff like that you do your mind plays tricks on you because you know it's right around it the never corner. leaves your mind i mean you <laughs> you don't sleep and if you do wake up in an instant it's because if you're reminded about something and and then again once the process starts every time you go to sleep the next thing you wake up to but, is but football what, but the camaraderie and, and the fact that, that that's that, all that, because that's the thing everybody misses every guy i've ever interviewed say i miss the locker room i miss the fellas does that ease the pain of no. the experience? The pressure of earning the job overwhelms all the goodness yeah. of the sport provides you. You know, you get to come in after practice and sit there with your buddies and bitch and moan for 35 minutes, you know, while you're getting ready to go to meetings and stuff. So that that's the good thing about it. But it is, you know, whenever you choose that sport for your life, you know, you think about, really what you want to get out of it. And I play with a bunch of guys that all wanted to be starters. Jeff Joniak, top there. Jim Miller with you on Bears Hall Access, presented by uh, IGS Energy. Fellas, uh, every writer uh, that I've read about the Bears and what the training camp is going to reveal and what questions need to be answered, most of them contained the development of Mitchell Trubisky being one of the top five questions that need to be answered. Would you? What, what are your respective must answer questions once training camp begins and ultimately well, the ends first, before the season. The opens. first press conference of this offseason, Ryan Pace called Mitchell Trubisky the most important asset on this football team. So yeah, you got you have to start with there, but you also Mitchell Trubisky needs support. 
And, you know, you think of what the receiver position did not provide last year for the offense. So Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Kevin White, the whole crew of guys got to come in and help Mitchell in that portion of it. And then you think of the inclusion of the tight end position specifically. They got nothing out of it last year after Zach Miller got hurt. So they got Trey Burton in here. You got Adam Shaheen. You got Deion Sims, Daniel Brown, Ben Broniker, and the rest of the crew. So you just need to provide a, a, a lot of help and don't say, okay, Trubisky, he's going to be the reason we succeed. No, it isn't. It's going to be because everybody on the offense understands their role and on the defensive side of the ball and special teams as well. Yeah, growth of the receiver, or growth of the Mitchell Trubisky, the health of the receivers, because obviously Kevin White and Allen Robinson factor in from that standpoint, and the development of young Anthony Miller. I, we do think, obviously, they've improved greatly in this area, but obviously their health is, is going to be important, and a couple guys are coming off injury. And I think, again, that that, that tight end spot is going to be critical. This is a tight end-driven offense, at least everywhere else uh, it's been, has been. So Trey Burton, uh, can uh, you know young Adam Shaheen make another jump? Deion Sims, I, I don't think Deion Sims is – has played to his potential. I really, I expected more from him out of Michigan State. That is a talented tight end that I think truly needs to push himself to reach the heights of what he actually can play as an NFL player. So I think those are, are all going to be critical things for the Chicago Bears offensively. What do you suspect? Because it's not chiseled out yet. Even Matt Nagy said it the other day, uh, last week at the end of the minicamp, what the identity of this team's going to be. If you had a guess, when we wrap this up. You know, after the regular season, and hopefully there's a playoff trip attached to it, and this team made major improvements, what would be the identity? What do you think the identity of this team's going to be? High-octane offense with power. When you, I, I think they have the ability to be a high-octane offense on the outside, including the tight ends, but if they need power out of a running back, you have Jordan Howard. So I, I don't think it's a one-dimensional team, but I think the emphasis is high-octane. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, for defensively, I, and I'm going to say it again. I think they have the ability to be a really good defense where they can, you know, they really can close the door on some teams. Again, some things got to emerge. Leonard Floyd, we've talked about all of it in terms of the, the pass rush and all those things. Turnovers started to come a lot more frequently uh, last year. That should go uh, in a better direction as well. So overall, a mentally tough, hard-nosed football team that can maybe you know overpower and surprise some people with their ability to play. That's what I'm looking for, uh, a nasty physical attitude offensively, aggressively, defensively, aggressively, special teams, aggressive. How come we haven't even mentioned the name Roquan Smith? We'll do that on the other side of this commercial right. break and invite your phone calls, 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you on Bears All Access. Let's go to the phones, and we invite your calls here in our final segments of the night. 312-644-6767. Edison Park. Brian on the program. Good evening, Brian. Hey, guys. I'm enjoying your show immensely. I love this time of year when we start talking about the Bears. <laughs> Me too, and, Brian. Why wouldn't you, yeah, right, Brian? I, yeah, the momentum just surges in it, and uh, it's great. My question is, um, would, won't it be exciting if Kevin White ever actually turns out to be able to stay healthy, number one, and number two, if he turns out to be the player that we drafted him to be? Wouldn't that be great? 
Brian, that would be awesome. And I think there's a lot of people that have high hopes for Kevin White because he is a good kid and he's he's important around the locker room. But, you know, that's the thing about it is you, you got to stay healthy and there's guys that, you know, that have a hard time doing it. Kevin's prepared. He understands the his commitment to the offseason to get through the season. But I think that'll be probably one of the most highly anticipated watches of this NFL season to see if a guy like Kevin White can make it through healthy. Just want him to experience some success for a change. Yes. You know, just so many, whether it's happenstance and these injuries and things have happened, injuries happen. I I think we know that, but just want him to experience something good for his confidence because there's still a seed of doubt in in his mind. Hey, can I do this? Because he hasn't done it yet. You know, he hasn't experienced that. So he's got that seed of doubt, and hopefully he can just shatter right right through that glass that's been holding him down. Back at the owners' meetings, sat, sitting right next to Matt Nagy in Orlando, said, "Why, what a great story it would be, and what a great challenge it is for a new coaching staff to get him to reach his well, potential you know, and give him some, you know, with the good Lord, give him some luck. Who's healthier right now, Kevin White or Allen Robinson? And it's going to be Kevin White because Allen Robinson yeah. is coming off of a knee injury. So I think that's a little bit more why you need Kevin White to succeed. When you look at his size and his structure and going through the this paces in the in the OTAs and minicamp, hey, he runs well, looks fresh, looks big as a receiver. So he's going to provide he's going to have to provide some comfort to that position. Well, yeah, there's great. players who know him on that team, Jim. Adrian Amos was his roommate in college. You heard Prince of Mukamura earlier tonight in our second segment. Uh, he, he said, hey, I'll be able to evaluate the offense once Allen Robinson's in it because he's a, he's a number one. That's a bold statement. Yeah. I was surprised to hear Prince say that. Well, I think you bring up a good point because Kevin's always been a true X. I think Allen's a true X receiver for the listeners out there. That's your, your split end. What's the workload? You know, are they going to make, you know, Allen Robinson coming back? You got to believe they're not going to throw him out there and say, oh, yeah, take every rep. So they'll be able to spell each other why Allen continues to uh, to get healthy. So I, I think that's a big part of it as well. You know, earlier tonight, I, I set the table a little bit about uh, Kyle Shanahan wrap up news conference uh, during minicamp for the 49ers talking about uh, his system and, and what it's done for running backs in the system and just in general. And, and somebody said, hey, uh, asked him, are our defenses, have they figured this out yet? And he says, no, it's a sound scheme. There are answers to everything that a defense tries to take away, and then you have to make them pay for taking that away. Do you believe that is the case with read option offenses and these RPOs that we're talking about? I think if you call a play in the huddle, you go to the line of scrimmage and you see the initial lineup of the defense and you know that someone's terribly out of position to influence him to a bigger gaping hole, then I think you go with it. Yeah, so I think it is a – you're going to have to break the huddle and you're going to have to do a bunch of evaluation. Usually we watch quarterbacks, and Jim talks about watching the safeties and how they move to tell you a little bit. I think with a run-pass option, it's more of looking at like the exterior of your team. And if you have a defensive end that – is good, maybe doesn't anticipate the snap count very well, he doesn't have great change of direction, and those are the type of evaluations that the offensive coaches will make. Yeah, you got to have, you know, basically what Shanahan was saying, you got to have the right guy to run it, right? The, the quarterback has to be a threat to run to make them commit to stop it. And you got to protect them too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so it you do need a certain, like you're obviously not going to run that with a quarterback like me. You know, I'm not going to be able to, to get to the corner and do all those things that Mitchell and some of these athletic quarterbacks are able to do. You know, conversely, it just depends on what system you run. You know, because if you've got more of a pocket guy, 
they're just as challenging. Tom Brady can audible any play at the line of scrimmage and get you in any play he wants to that to take advantage of what the defense they're presented. So, again, it, it takes a certain guy. I don't think you want to major in it offensively. I think it's kind of like, a, you know, if you go golfing, it's a club in your bag that you want to use if you're able to provide it. Because but you know you what about multiple. that, though? That club, but, though, has to be defense. So, you, like Tom said earlier, the beauty of it is you gotta pra- you got to practice yeah. for it. you got to dedicate yeah. time to it. Yeah, you do offensively, they do to stop it. Yes, that's what and I'm saying. So, yeah, so again, and I think that's it's nice to have more clubs in your bag when you want to pull that certain club when it's when it's needed. You know, you're, you're not if you don't have a sand wedge in your bo- in your in your bag, you know, well, good luck in the sand trap. You know, what I'm saying so you it, you be, it makes you more multiple uh, as an offense, which I always think is better because it makes the defense have to defend more and prepare for more. So it's always good to be more. Because you got to be, you got to be eleven on eleven. Well, you know, going back to Notre Dame when we used to play the academies, in that whole week of practice, when we would try to simulate what the academies run, but then our defense, and you look at the expressions on their face when we're we're you know blocking them low when they're they're at the advantage because they have size and strength, but because of the techniques the academies were using. Air Force beat us two years in a row because of it. And I, I think there's similarities to the way defensive ends maybe that don't have the flexibility and the athleticism and they know they're playing a team that is going to have a run-pass option, you know, they're going to be on high alert. All right, fellas, we're going to wrap up here shortly. Uh, real quick, we want to get the position groups uh, each week. This will wrap up the offense. Quick thought on the offensive line and where it's at. Well, obviously, Harry, he said the new offensive line coach here, he's a guy that constructs an offensive line that's powerful at the point of attack. And I think that's one of the things that you're going to be able to see out of it. Use the power of Jordan Howard, but be able to have the athleticism and the offensive line for all the pass protections you need for Trubisky. So, uh, again, Earl Warford, a guy that they brought in here. Um, how do you say his name? Watford. Watford. You brought him in here, number 71. I think he's going to add a lot of competition to the interior Versa. of that offensive line. He's got versatility, and without, you know, still a little bit unknown about Kyle Long, it's nice that they brought Earl in here because I think he can be a competitive starter from day one. Yeah, agree with that. I like the versatility on the interior of the offensive line. I think Charles Leno has been nothing but a pleasant surprise with how he's performed. So I like how it's coming together. Uh, I really do. I think uh, all those guys again got need to stay healthy. That uh, you know you don't want Cody Whitehair to be move, moving from center to guard and bouncing all around. So I do think uh, you know adding guys like James Daniels in, in the draft and Watford. You know these guys will all Eric help. Cush is there. Cush is a good player, and Soul has that. Ronis Crusoe. Ronis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, so they have you some know, guys you know, that can branch out. You've been mentioning his name quite a well, bit. Well, you know what? I've been in the weight room to watch these guys, and there's a whole different way that they're going about developing strength on this team, and I think that's one of the keys that's going to help the offensive line. And I think Hironis Grisou is one of the guys that stands out to me the most of this offense that's gained the most size and strength because of the program. Fellas, we fooled him again. Good job. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, we'll talk to you next week. This week on Inside the Bears, I sit down with Bears' new tight end, Trey Burton. And Akeem Hicks faces some tough questions from one of our Kids Club members. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. For Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Eli Hershkovitz, and our special guest tonight, Prince of Mukamara. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.